I've always felt that the salaries that the clubs pay players are crazy and unrealistic. The word we have tried to use so many times. We have tried not to use so many times, but we have to use. Again, shame on you. This is Sports 360. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 14, season 3 of Sports 360 podcast. We'd like to thank you for all the very positive response we got last week when we had Abu Aziz here. Uh, obviously, it means that the MPFL means a lot. To a whole lot of Nigerians, and uh, because that was an interesting perspective, talking to a player, and he gives some really, really interesting insights. Today, we start off with Nigerian football as always. No, well, not as always, but today we start with Nigerian <laughs> football. The name as always. Uh, Yemi Adesan is here, and Bodu Buti returns, joining us via uh, Skype. All right, guys, Nigerian football is at a crossroads. Um, definitely, we need a coach. For the national team. The interim arrangement has been thrown overboard. National teams. National teams. Well, yes, national teams. Because honestly, I didn't know that the other teams didn't have a coach <laughs> until Super Eagles didn't have a coach. And then we realized that the under 17 and under 20 and Olympic teams didn't have a coach as well. And that's part of what we're talking about over concentration on Super Eagles. But for the purpose of this podcast, we'll focus on the search for a coach for the Super Eagles and what options. Are available. Okay, so buddy, um, a few weeks ago, I think we had a, a podcast on the coaching debate discussing foreign vis-a-vis local coach. I know that right now, there is a, a lot of negativity towards <laughs> <laughs> local coaches. Nobody wants to hear it. Everybody thinks we've exhausted the pool of local coaches. Uh, do you agree with that? Have we exhausted the pool of local coaches? Or are there still a couple of options? Or are you of the school that we should even do away with them completely? Did you know what they say? There are many ways to skin a cat. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I did a write-up about, um, about the possibility, the, the high probability, that even if it's, even if it's going to be janitorial, in charge of the Super Eagles when they face the Black Stars of Ghana in that qualifier, the odds that we will have lost that game were very high. Yeah. Um, and I want to, to to put the facts and figures on why I I have that why I have that feeling. I don't think we have we have exo- exo- exhausted um, the pool of our coaches that um, that we, that uh, that we can we, that can manage the Super Eagles uh, lo- locally. If, if you look at the history, like I said, the article of of the of the coaches, foreign spiders coaches that that we've had, you, you notice one one particular particular trend. All of them had almost no background, no heavy background, as it were, in quotes. <laughs> um, nothing, not, no, no substantive track record to speak of. Before they came, to, to, before they arrived in Nigeria and handled spiders and became popular. And it can also be said that some of them, some of them got a lot of chances. To be fair, to to make right, even the great Kemes Westerhoff got a lot of chances before he became great. Um, we all know that Demetrio got a lot of chances. The fact is that we don't give our people, our coaches, enough chances. We, at the slightest, at the slightest opportunity, we find a way to get rid of them. And even the ones that do well, behind them, 
we, we, we expect them to do the magic that foreign coaches don't do, uh, they never did for us. All of us are aware that Gravon won the bronze in the spike goals, but the, the fact is that every time Gravon gets gets the spike goals job, it's always told or it's it's always implied that it's temporary, that it's holding on until someone else comes and takes gets the job uh, takes the job from me. Samson Sassia was a decent coach for Nigeria, Nigeria, Nigeria the national teams, but at the start, at the start of this opportunity, something we have. Amunike, who has been in the background. I know a lot of people didn't, didn't know this, but Amunike, Amunike have been complaining, even while on his five job, that the major decisions concerning the team were not made by the coaches. And he himself questioned his uh, inclusion with, with the team because he said, look, I'm here. Or he reportedly said to people that I'm here. I'm, I'm not being allowed to have any input on the team. Mm. And so, when we get to that point where we will give the same trust that we give to foreign coaches to, 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 our, to our, um, our local coaches and we allow them to fail and grow then we will say okay you know what you guys have been given several chances you, you have not tried so until we get to that point I do believe that any Nigerian that handles the national team they, they face a lot more pressure mm. than foreign coaches and then they get more harassed, if I, if I may use the word, the word, by the people in power, both in government and in the NFF, to, 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 to do the impossible. We won't give them what they want. We expect them to do miracles. And so there's always a fear factor. And then they make mistakes because they are not given the, the confidence to do what they can do. That's my own belief. I know a lot of people, people, people may not agree with it, but... But to go to that point where we allow them to do what they can do and let them look. So one, one, one lame argument that I hear every time is hey, because uh, they, they don't have so much money, these boys are multimillionaires, they can't talk to them. Who says if you empower the coach and the players know that the coach has the power, they will fall in line? Because on, unless the coach is, I suspect that sometimes that's the people who come out in public to complain. They are the ones that go behind the back to tell, to, 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 to give complaints to these boys. That you know what? We need you. If you need anything, talk to us. Once you, once you open another door for players to come through, they will always use it. Mm. So mm. a lot of things are standing against the Indian coaches. I think they are still... I'm not saying when if they handle this, they, 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 they will give you instant success. No. In fact, with, with, the, with the Nigerian system, there's no guarantee of that, as you have seen with several coaches. But I'm saying, like the Senegalese, like the Ghanaians, because, because it's a Ghanaian coach that has just qualified them for the World Cup, whether I want to agree or not, whether I was raised in Germany or not, but it's Ghanaian. The Algerians, the Egyptians, so to give them what those countries give their people, will still be on this, on this shaky, on this shaky, rickety table, DJ. Okay, um, if I get you right, what, what, what you're saying inside is the fact that but Nigerian coaches don't get the same level playing field and the same leeway as foreign coaches get. I hear you. Um, but I mentioned something about the coaches. When West Off came here, it was a virtual unknown. Maybe Bora Milutinovic, maybe the Swedish guy, I think, that took us yeah, to the 2010 World Cup, Lagerback, are the only coaches that have come here that had a bit of a track record before yeah. they came here. But... um. Uh, Westerhoff, Bonfrey, Joe. Uh, okay, maybe the 
they used to call him the magician too. Oh, uh, Philip Trouzet. Philip Trouzet. But Gennard Rob and some of the others didn't really have what you that call a pedigree. Yeah. But now, <laughs> it looks like we are going 360 degree to huge names. I don't know whether I saw it. A list came out. So purported, purported short list. I don't want to believe the list. But for the purpose of the discussion, let me read the names on the list that was uh, apparently put out by a, a, a website and say that's the short list. Uh, of course, Pesero, who, who were, quote-unquote got the job and didn't, or, and didn't get the job. Uh, Pesero was mentioned. Is it uh, Enis Valverde? Uh, Carlos Quiroz, who just left the uh, Egypt, job. Egypt job. Anton Concesa, who just left the Cameroonian job. And uh, Laura Blanc, who was touted in that list as he had applied for the job. You know, when you read some of these things, you 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 get the impression some people must feel that all of us are stupid. <laughs> all of us don't know what we are here. Laura Blanc would not apply, I don't think. I may be wrong though, but I doubt if I'm wrong. Would not apply for a Nigerian coaching job. Uh, those are kind of people that you go and headhunt yeah. and you and uh, get to play to come and coach you. But yeah, me, my issue about this foreign coaching situation is this. It is the money, how do they get paid? It's good enough to want a foreign coach if you decide that's it, get a quality foreign coach. But uh, Gerardo was on what? $50,000 a month? I was struggled to pay that. And we know how that panned out. Eventually, when it was going to be let go, there were issues about we owe the money and all of that and all of that. The coaches being mentioned here, <laughs> question one, they are in the seven to ten million dollar per year range. Yeah. Where are you going to get the money? That's question one. Question two. Even if you have this money, does it make any sense to pay this kind of money on a gamble? Because no matter what coach you appoint, it is a gamble. There are no guarantees. So let, let me leave you that those two questions for now. And uh, okay, maybe add one. Question three, which is another major question for me. I hope it's not too much questions to ask you one uh, one question. How were these names arrived at? Because it looks as if we just pluck names out of the air. There's no methodology. There's no rhyme, no reason. You just pluck big names out. And are these the kind of coaches we should be looking for? Really? And how were these names arrived at? If indeed, or let's prove the proviso, this list turns out to be true, which I doubt. But for the sake of discussion, let's go with it. Okay, so first... Uh, did you hold on? Did, uh, yeah, let me hold on. Let me add one more question. Uh, on that list, <laughs> you mentioned the Egyptian <laughs> coach. Yes. Right? Yes. It's not my Jew. Did Egypt qualify for the World Cup? Nope. Nope. So how is he better than a Guavon? I'm just asking. Okay. <laughs> good. Question. Why is he on the list? Good question. He also, he also failed. And, uh, <laughs> and also uh, Anton Concesao, the Cameroonian who did not, uh-huh. who was sacked after the game. Uh, I can answer that question for you. One word or one sentence. They are both white. Let's okay. move on. <laughs> okay, first, let me let me quickly address something Buddha said earlier. Um, I've, also, I've always said that I think we're done 
we should be done with the 94 cents. That experiment mm. for me has got to, has reached its threshold. Yes, the only person who haven't really given a fair shot at the Super Eagles is Ambulike. So mm. that for me is the only gamble left to, to take, take. Okay. On that segment. Secondly, the coaching situation of the local scene will continue to suffer because we are not investing in producing coaches on the local scene. We're not. If someone will ask the question, why can't the coaches invest in themselves? Good question. Mm. But then, you and I also know that for them to invest in themselves, we are the same people that will say, why are they going out to get to get certification? Okay. They can go out to UEFA, to Commonwealth, to get mm. certification. But it's the responsibility of the FA to develop Football. Okay. So we're talking about license board. Across board. Mm. Across board. Okay. We're not doing anything about that. I get you. Now to the questions you ask. First and foremost, there needs to be a method to the madness. Mm. Why do I say so? If you are picking these coaches, there needs to be a thinking behind that process. Behind why you are mentioning these coaches. And that's why I say that it's important that we are not only looking at appointing coaches, but looking at restructuring our technical department so that the thought process is streamlined, is straightforward, and has it's visible a direction for, all to see. for anybody to see. It's visible for all to see. So if I have a technical director that has the blueprint for Nigeria, for his blueprint for Nigeria football, how he wants to develop Nigeria football, then at the same time, we can now challenge us. Okay, this is the kind of coach, coach that matches that, that matches that ideology. Hmm. That matches that direction or policy that we want to implement. But unfortunately, we are still we are still going back to the whole method of just calling anybody anywhere that we can find. We always start this process by plucking names hmm. out of anywhere. They just hear us call one random guy hmm. from somewhere who's been out of the job for a while or who's run some small country that obviously is not up to the uh, level of Nigeria, I will give him a job. Why? Because, like your other question, I says, where would the money come from? That's a key question for me, yeah. actually. So, where would the money come from? Because we can't afford these coaches, that's why we end up getting the run of the mill guys. And also, for value, I think he had about 8 million pounds per annum. I've told you, these guys that's, are in the 7 to 10 million brackets. That's a lot of money per, per annum. That's so, how do you afford the money? We obviously cannot afford. If we are being sincere with ourselves, we can't afford coaches like that. So why do we keep seeking to deceive ourselves? And this is me trying to say maybe that list has some element so, of truth authenticity. To it. Why do we like doing that? Why we like doing that is to create conversation, mm-hmm. somewhat boost the morale of the viewing populace that, that oh, something is being done. We are working. Oh, we are trying to do something. Oh, we have a plan. Ah, this is the direction we want to go. But we know that in the real sense, you are just trying to boost the morale of the people that maybe you are doing something. This is a, what, what they used to call it uh, in my back in this uh, dynamic inactivity. Uh, forming activity. Uh, dynamic inactivity. Uh-huh. So that's, that's basically what we, are, what we are seeking to do. We need to get to the point where we may also need to take a gamble. Gamble in what sense? There are a lot of young coaches, if we are, if we are fixated 
on getting a foreign manager from Europe. Maybe it's time to take a gamble. Take a younger manager who's got good credentials coming through, who you can see that there are prospects for developing for. Because one, we're not developing talents. Talents aren't coming through anymore from the eighth grade all the way up. Two, who's ready to get down and dirty? Mm. Travel the length and breadth of this country. I, I, I tweeted yesterday that the three nations cups that we have won, the template is very simple. It's been always based on home talents, developed mm. home talents that have gone on to one, make the Super Eagles, two, be exported out to Europe, and three, with a mix of the home-based guys. Mm. In 1980, we had you know, home-based home yeah. Uh, 94, you had a set of boys who make some are only been out of Europe, out of uh, the home front for just about a year or two, and they're now playing at the, at the Nations Cup to win the Nations Cup. Mm. In 2013, we had six home-based boys. So you can't go away from that template. There's no way you want to go to your national team by neglecting mm. the home front. Okay. Um, but uh, as Yemi was talking, it just struck me that the last time the Super Eagles had what you call any semblance of success at the international level, you can say it was uh, 2013, 2014. 2014, we got to the second round of the World Cup. 2013, we actually won the Nations Cup. And that was uh, Stephen Keshi, who had a mix of, a decent mix of foreign-based and home-based guys. And if you are going to go by stats and records, that's the most successful Nigerian coach of the last 10 years in terms of uh, achievement. But let me put it this way. Whether foreign, whether local, um, what are the qualities we should look for? In what areas? Let me mention a few things. Let me give my own opinion. I feel that we have key problems in certain areas of the team. Goalkeeping, whether whatever the Okoye... Twitter people or the result, Twitter people have to say we have a goalkeeping problem. We have a creative problem in the middle of the park. And um, we we have um, uh, our wingers are not delivering. Then we have a set-piece problem. Either to defend a set-piece or to score from set-pieces. And I feel that, you know, these are the technical areas where you see this is where we have a problem. Which kind of coach can we get to address this? And then we need to have a coach that is down and dead and is here helping us with the template for developing talent, in my view. So, in your view, what qualities, foreign, local, whoever it is, what qualities should we be looking for in the next man to handle the job? Importantly. I think we are looking at the wrong... Um and the wrong premise. Okay. I don't think it's about, I don't think it's about the person, but about the system. Like, like, let me alluded. Um, as Yemi was, was talking, and as we're talking about the foreign coach, something just dropped in my DG. Um, look at Desiree Ellis of South Africa. Yeah. She's been, she's been the coach of the, of the Bayana Bayana for quite a while. Desiree and the Flores they are they are contemporaries. They both mm. captain their their national team at the same time. And before the South Africa got to the point where they could come to Lagos and beat Nigeria with impunity, we had already already predicted it was going to happen because the South African FA developed a system and a process that 
and a process. The Canadian national, this Canadian national team that she's schooling uh, our Falcons, 10 years ago, Canada were nowhere. They developed a system and a process. The coach of the Canadian women's national team, if I ask you her name now, you won't be able to tell me. Because she's not known, in quotes. She's in a system and a process that gives her the best templates to raise a team. The same with the Serialis. The Serialis, if you ask me her qualifications, I have to go and search for it. But she's been with that team for a long time, through successes and failures. They let her be, they, they, but they kept improving the process and the system. Like Amy said, unless you develop a process and a system that will give that will throw the best for us. Look, the reason Nigerian coaches may never make it for with the Swagos is that their mentality is wrong. Look at what we are doing to uh, the current coach of Felinda, Felidi George. Mm. Do, does Felidi know about football? Of course, yes. There's no difference between, there's no difference between Amunike, Felidi and the coach of the Ghanaian team. They, come from, they, they, are, they played in in a place where they understand a lot of things about how to, how to, how to put a team together and tactics. And they have access to those things. They can always go back there to tap from it. But Finidi is being beaten black and blue. I'm very sorry that we're sacking. Because the system we operate in Nigerian League does not allow excellence to grow. So, the, the, the normal, and the same thing with our players. When players, I've said this before, when players know that they can't win games away from home because of the system, they will not try. Mm. And when they bring that mentality to the national team, we are going to play from home. We are free. Well, see, well, look, you want to know you are traumatized until you are in a place until, until you are in a situation that is perfect. A lot of things happen in that league that traumatizes players. It's in their heads. That is why you find out that the players who succeed abroad, the, most of them have never played a long time in the Nigerian league. Go and check the records. Those who played a, a long time in the Nigerian league now, they don't go to, they don't success in, succeed in major leagues. They go to minor leagues because their their mentality has been soured by what they look. It is not about the individual; <laughs> it's about the system. Mm. Find money, hire money to, 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 to the Nigerian national team. The success will be short term. So, and the thing is that we, we, we lend credence to this to this thing by discussing about the coaches. What we should be talking about the system and the people that perpetuate the rot that we are seeing. It's as simple as that. So, no, no matter which coach we bring, and we, and we go, and, 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 and it saddens me that some people, some, some of our colleagues that know better, they'll be condemning Nigerian players as if they are, they are not the problem. Yeah, that, that, that's actually quite terrible. Mm. Actually. It happens a lot. When you watch the NPSL ah. and how okay, some I, of our I colleagues. Think what what Buddy has said profoundly over the last few minutes is the fact that um, if you don't have a process, if you don't have that a structure system. that guarantees excellence, no matter who you bring, the chances of a success of success is limited, and even if there is any success, it will probably be short lived. Short lived. So we are in a situation where we need to go. Like we've said it here on several occasions, we need to go long term, long term planning. Put a structure in place. Roll with it. There will be failures along the way, but you continue to roll with it. Once there is a process, and you know that coach is following the process. Even when there are stumbles, uh, stumbles along the way, you, you go with it. But it looks like in Nigeria, I always said it, we want to win 
every friendly match, every tournament, every ad. If you do not win, it is stamped out failure. Once you don't win a match, yeah, every you know that word is very easy for us to pull out. No, failure. I, there's failure. one thing we can learn from. Italy have failed to qualify for back-to-back World Cups. Mm. They haven't sacked Mancini. Yeah. He's still there. We need to learn from that. For mm. us, once we don't qualify, you have failed. You have failed. And that is the result of failure of putting a system in place. In place. If you have a system in place that is working or that is in the process of working, mm. it gives you something you know, to look for. It gives me the impression that right now, Nigerian football is a choice. We are condemned to developing a process and a structure. Whether we like it or oh, not. Yes. If we do not do it, we don't get the Nothing's desired result. Change. It's yeah. as simple as that. So let's just leave it at that. Whether we decide to do short term, long term, and all that, if we don't put proper structures in place, proper developmental plan in place, all these short term fixes of trying to build a building from the roof to the bottom <laughs> will not work. And we'll all be back here time, time and time, time and time again, whether we like it or not. So let's leave it at that. And on the question of coaches, a top basketball team on the search for a new coach. Overnight, uh, LA Lakers, Yemi's team, I'm going to start with Yemi. <laughs> LA Lakers, who have failed to qualify for the postseason, um, have sacked Frank Vogel. The man you are talking about coaches now, he won the title two years ago. <laughs> and now, I mean, he's no longer a good coach. You're only so, as good as your last match. Uh, only as good as your. So, um, Yemi, what do you make of what has happened with the Lakers um, this season as we go to our uh, season update. The regular season ended at the weekend. The playoffs start on Saturday. In between that, the play-in play uh, to get the four teams that will join the playoffs. Uh, I'll get you to details of that in a wee bit. But Yemi, what went wrong with the Lakers this season? Like Nigeria. Los Angeles Lakers decided to go for short-term fixes. Mm. Put together a band of pensioners, thinking that uh, the road to pensioners is the road to the title. And I think from the start of the season, I said it that this is not going to work. That was not going to work. Mm. Um, for quote-unquote, Russell Westbrook's greatness. Mm. He's shown that he's actually not a facilitator. He was not the player the Lakers needed. Um, the, the composition of the team from Melo to Westbrook to Ariza, the departure of the likes of Rondo, um, uh, the shoulder and the likes, Caruso. of course, uh, Alex Caruso, of course, the health of uh, AD, AD and LeBron. All this committed in a disastrous uh, showing for the Lakers. But it was not there, it was there to, for all to see. Now, a lot, a lot of people say that Van Vogel doesn't have much of blame. But hey, when push comes to shove, the buck falls on the table. Of the coach, I think the Lakers need a, a bit of a, a structural realignment mm. through the spine, and I'm talking from coach to GM. Um, the GM is the guy that's responsible for putting the deals together. I think this GM, over the last few years, from the time that he was responsible for what eventually led to the departure of Magic Johnson, 
I knew the Lakers were in a bit of a trouble. So, mm. winning that title two years ago, even though someone that title wins, it will be tainted because it was right. in the bubble. Yeah, but all, know, the, all, the, all the other teams participated. Now. You, can't say, you can't say it, it was wasn't, the same conditions for everybody. Uh, it wasn't like, uh, you know, so mm. that overall context, the, the overall combination of what put together that team is all to be. Okay. So, Vogel is just a convenient mm. scapegoat. Okay, buddy. Be uh, before we go to the a review of the season and a short preview of the postseason, let me ask you your own. What, what are your thoughts on the Lakers situation and what direction do you think they'll go now in search of a new coach? I think um, the Lakers landed in hot soup figuratively the moment they hired or the, the moment the the the, 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 the James arrived in town. You, you can blame the coach all you like. But look at all the coaches that look. This is all taken away from the greatness of LeBron. Look at all the coaches that that um, that that, um, uh, that that had that, that had worked with LeBron James. All of them, um, at one at one point or the other, they've been accused of being influenced yeah. by 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 the by the mouth by, by the mouth from Akron. Um, even Tyron Liu, when they won the championship, the allusions that it was because he cooperated. Atlas at Cleveland because he cooperated with LeBron. And so um, LeBron landed in LA and then the bubble helped them. They won the championship. And the moment they won that championship, it became a LeBron show. Because it's easy to blame Frank Vogel for anything. But look, how many coaches do you think will be able to work with LeBron if you are not pop without getting submerged or you got, without getting caught in uh, caught in this, um, in, in the slip in the slip stream? It's, it's almost impossible. Unfortunately for Vogel, they won the championship. LeBron was the center of uh, was, was center, and from then on, it's it all spiraled out of control. And you can't look. You can't also blame the front office. Once you have LeBron on your team, you go to listen because no matter what you say or do, he's the star of the show. Mm. And so for them, I think for unfortunately and also unfortunately for the Lakers, LeBron is. Slowly going past his, his prime. Forget the numbers that you that you are seeing. LeBron by himself cannot deliver a championship to Lakers. Deliver championship to any team again. That's why he needed or he needs active or very good role players to, to, to be with him. So Lakers, I think it's time for them to rebuild the game. They want to make up their minds. Question: They want to entertain and win nothing. Or do we, do we want a champion? They've got to start all over again. Rebuild with this or with deal is over. Re, rebuild with or without LeBron. Without LeBron, okay. They have pieces that they can trade for. So use those pieces that you have to get. Unfortunately, some of them their, their value has dropped since this thing unraveled. Okay. All right. Now, so let, let's go to the uh, postseason now. Um, everybody will forget about LA Lakers once the <laughs> postseason starts and their troubles. Um, from the East, uh, Miami Heat, top seed, second seed, Boston Celtics, uh, third Milwaukee Bucks, fourth, um, that's, um, Philadelphia 76ers, fifth Toronto Raptors, sixth Chicago Bulls. These are the six that I've gone through. Play in, uh, Brooklyn Nets will play Cleveland Cavaliers, winner of that, go in as number seven seed. And whoever loses that will play the winner of Atlanta Hawks against Charlotte Hornets. And whoever wins that goes in as number eight seed. That's in the East. In the West, 
Number one seed, Phoenix Suns. Number two, Memphis Grizzlies. Three, Golden State Warriors. Four, Dallas Mavericks. Five, UC Jazz. Six, and six is Denver Nuggets. And play in. Uh, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, number seven, play LA Clippers, number eight. Winner of that goes in as the seventh seed in the West. And the loser of that will play the winner of New Orleans Pelicans and San Antonio Spurs, who will now get in as number eight in the West. But they will be hoping that that will be San Antonio Spurs. Because interestingly, his buddy San Antonio Spurs that effectively took the place of LA Lakers in the playing um, tournament. Yemi, um, Postseason is the best part for me of the NBA season. Yeah, I always look forward to the playoffs and the for because we're in Nigeria and the neurosleepless sleepless night that we have to endure because of time difference and all of that. Miami Heat, two teams that were losing finalists over the last two NBA playoffs yeah, are now topping the the the, the respective franchise franchise I mean conferences. Miami Heat losing finalists two seasons ago and Phoenix Suns losing finalists. Um, last time out, do you think one of these two can go all the way? A lot of people have said Phoenix Suns are primed. What do you think? Yeah, I agree about uh, Phoenix Suns. I, I think the the East is a lot more difficult now. Mm. Uh, it was a few years ago, you know, uh, you could predict the East, but the East is a lot more difficult now. I think Phoenix look really good, and the lessons they learned from uh, losing our last year would stand them in good stead. It's good that they got the number one uh, position this time. This time out, uh, I think last year they were number three or so because they played the Lakers in the first round and they knocked mm. the Lakers out. So I think it's really good that they finished uh, top of the pops. Um, for Miami, the fact that they got the number one spot just eases them in. I think they can take care of whoever comes out of uh, Atlanta Hawks or Charlotte Hornets, whoever comes out of that Brooklyn-Cleveland uh, mm. equation. Uh, because the Brooklyn-Cleveland equation, you expect Brooklyn Nets to mm. go through. And then whoever goes through between Atlanta, uh, Charlotte Hornets and Cleveland, I think Miami can take care of in the first round. So I think they'll be fine, but I'm not sure they can win mm. uh, the Eastern Conference because my mind tells me that the winner of the Eastern Conference potentially will come from whoever wins Milwaukee versus Brooklyn. Milwaukee versus Brooklyn. That's the third seed versus the seventh seed. So if okay. Brooklyn comes out of the playing against Cleveland, whoever wins that pairing will win the East. Okay. All right, um, buddy. Uh, but uh, he's mentioned Milwaukee Bucks, Philadelphia 76ers, Toronto Raptors, like uh, Yemi said. The East is very, very stacked. But let's focus on the defending champions, Milwaukee Bucks. I watched a few of their games this season, and the impression I get is that is a team that has developed that mentality of winners. Because all the games I saw were tough games, but they were able to pull it out because you know that they have confidence in their own abilities. There were games where they went 15, 18 points behind, and they still pulled it out. So... I feel that Milwaukee Bucks are a very, very dangerous team in these playoffs. What do you think? Look, the, the Bucks are the champions. They have the mentality. Um, they have the they have the team. Yeah. That most important, they have the team. Um, my, my, my only fear for Milwaukee is that sometimes um, we get the impression that it's not overt, but when Yanis 
doesn't play well mm. inside and the shots don't fall, then they suffer. Because uh, without the Alice inside, you need your three-point shooters to come to the party. Yeah. And you know what they say? You leave or die by the three. What makes them different from the San Antonio Spurs is the inside, the inside presence of Yanis. So when Yanis doesn't play well and the shows don't fall, disaster looms. But like you said, I think they are dangerous. And I think because they are champions, there's a chance. But you know what you used to say about the West? Now is the East and the West. Uh, 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 this is probably, this, is, this will probably be one of the best playoffs ever. Mm. Because I mean, it's, it's difficult to predict anything. Yeah. Both the East and the West are stacked with both with, with, uh, with the good teams, with dangerous teams. About four or five from each conference can actually go the way and win this, you know. But I'm excited for I'm, I'm excited with Boston Celtics and what um, what our boy has done with yeah. the team, uh, because I mean you know when it didn't start too well. Yeah, it looked like it still was going to be short, but they, 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 they've grown on us and they've grown in the league. Now look at where they are. So for me. Um, both conferences are stacked. Um, the Suns, they have, um, uh, I think the Suns are looking to do what the San Antonio Sports did. Um, the, the, the last time they won the championship, they were pained by the loss last year mm. and they've worked on some things. Now they are by far, arguably, the best team in the league. Mm. They have the, they have home courts locked down all the way. And uh, it is that to be there, you have to, you have to go and win on their floor mm. to get through there. But hey, then the West that's also so stacked, that's so dangerous that any slip and you are done. The Golden State Warriors are sl- their sleeper team. Uh, um, they, 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 while the Dallas Mav- Mavericks can, may, not, may not be able to win it yet, they are a very dangerous team. They can take you out on 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 any day. You can go on and on. But hey, the box for my money, they are the defending champions. They have the, they have the inside and they have the weapons both in and out. And yes, they look very, very ready to be a repeat. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, but we talked about the Phoenix Suns um, trying to go on better this season. And um, they've been terrific, you have to say. And, you know, it's always very difficult to come back from that kind of loss, painful loss that they had last time. And, of course, um, uh, CP3 has been an inspiration. Right? Their manager has done a terrific job. But do you think they can do this? Monty Williams has done a really good job. Um, just even keeping the momentum, the reaction that you've had after losing out in the finals is huge. Many people, many teams don't come back from that well. Mm, yeah. But they've done that, kept their consistent the record in the league. And they have the best record in the league and they have number one seed in, in the West. I think they can do it. The experiences that they've gotten from the previous loss, previous year will stand them in good stead for the running to the potential title this year. Okay, but quickly, Nigerian presence in the playoffs. Uh, pressures are Chua, Toronto Raptors is done well. Jordan Wara, Milwaukee Bucks, and of course, we mentioned Emil Doka, who's done such a terrific job uh, at Boston Celtics after a shaky start. What are your thoughts about the Nigerian impact on the playoffs? Jordan, is, is a, Jordan became an NBA champion in his first season, so I'm happy for him. Uh, he's got more minutes this year. Uh, so a lot was expected of him. Uh, Precious and, and the Raptors. The Raptors too, they have grown. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 they have quietly do, they have done their business. Uh, last season, uh, they, they played all their games away from home, and we knew that uh, once they get back to home cooking, as they call it in Toronto, it's going to be different. 
and they managed to rest their major players in the in, in the in the running. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, we also expect pressures to uh, uh to, to 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 get a bit more showing, and I'm excited for him uh, because he's in a place where he's, he knows he's accepted his love. When um when, when they traded for him, I knew he was going home because hey, you know how uh, how how Toronto is with African players. They come there, they measure them just like do San Antonio, and they grow. And we are seeing we are, we are seeing Achua develop from raw talent to a, a player with a bit, a bit of consistency. I'm actually looking out for uh, for pressures. I hope I, I, I hope I, I'm hoping to 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 go see um to go to go see them in the first round. Um, I see and maybe get a, a couple of interviews. But mm-hmm. hey, it is Toronto. I'm looking at as a dark horse. They may not win it, but I, I think they can, they can make a run yeah. and develop further. So that he is the one of all the Nigerian contingent that I have my eyes on. Uh, he may because of what he has done in his first season and because of the expectations, because of uh, the, the history that goes with, that, that 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 goes with Boston Celtics. I'm also hoping they, they have a good run. Uh, I don't think they can win it, but you never know. It's the playoffs, and they, and they do have some talented players who have also grown bigger in the season. Jason Tatum, one of them, is always been a superstar, but this season I think he elevated another level. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's see whether he'll be the player for them. The concern of their franchise that we hope it will, we hope we hope it, it will be. Okay. Um, so those are the two people that I'm, I'm I'm looking out for in this playoffs. By the time we this podcast is published, the playing would have gone halfway. Probably by the weekend we'll have the so. But let, let, let me put you on the spot uh, for the playing tournament in the West. Uh, well, you have interest there because San Antonio Spurs <laughs> are in there. <laughs> so, which two teams do you think will make up? the top eight seeds from the plane in the West? I think it's straightforward, you know. Um, I, I, I'm going with the Clippers and the, and the Wolves. Clippers and the Wolves. Okay, the Wolves mm. to lose to the Clippers, but to win the match against winner of Pelicans and Spurs. You don't think your Spurs can pull yeah. a surprise? No, I don't think so. The, the Spurs are, the Spurs, they, they are too inconsistent. And because they are the last team, um, they, they, they are going to have they, they will have home court advantage got over two games, and that 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 that, that always helps. Yemi, your your picks from the East, Brooklyn. You I think you said Brooklyn, yeah, Brooklyn Nets, mm. and um, I think Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte I like Hornets. Google Charlotte mm. Charlotte Hornets. All right, but who would your pick be for regular season MVP? <sighs> Ah, <laughs> and a lot of names have come up, but the two that have been consistently mentioned, uh, fortunately, both of them are Africans, yeah, but I am going with, I, I am going with Joel. Joel has been playing like a man on a mission. He's been dropping numbers. He's been massive for, uh, for, for, uh, for, for the Sixers. He's all but carried the team on his back. Remember, he didn't have uh, he didn't have Simmons, and it took a while for for the bed to settle. So it's mostly it's been it's been Joel all the way, and for him to get over not having uh, um, not having a huge sub, sub, a, a huge uh, uh, second second uh, uh, superstar to play with and get uh, get finished this far, I'm looking at Joel Embiid, DJ. No, Nikola Jokic. Joker, okay, uh, okay, you are looking at Nikola Jokic, Nikola Jokic, mm. back to back MVP. Mm. <laughs> All right, it promises to be a very, very interesting. I think Joel Embiid ended as a 
scoring scoring record. So uh, that will put him in very, very good stead. Uh, Fantastic uh, postseason that wakes us. And I always look forward to the NBA uh, playoffs. Always very, very exciting times. Some great, great matchups. At the end of the day, guys, pick your two finalists. Buddy, uh, your two finalists. Uh, why, why, why? Well, Phoenix Suns are somebody. Okay, Yemi, uh, yours. Yeah, I agree with Phoenix Suns. I think they'll go that's, away in the West. That, that, that piece is frightening, dude. It's frightening. It's frightening. It used to be Wild Wild West. Now it's, it's the, now the, the, the electric, the electric, electric, electrifying East. All right. On that note, we ended up staying in the United States um, a few years ago. Um, the magic that this guy has. The magic that this gentleman has, media-wise, is incredible. I was in the US 2018, I think it was when he came back and won the Masters. I'm talking about Tiger Woods. And the whole media went absolutely crazy. Because that was a comeback that wasn't expecting. Comeback for the ages. Well, you know, and maybe not in the same vein, but it's another comeback of sorts. Because 14 months ago, Tiger Woods had an accident. He nearly lost a leg, nearly lost his life. Um, his leg was nearly amputated. For him to come back, you know I mean, and play four days, 18 holes, 72 <laughs> holes. I know if you play a bit of golf, you know the amount of walking. Yeah, and the physical exertion you need to play at that level and for him to make the cut and to at least um, finish reasonably up the ladder. Uh, how do you rate that in terms of, you know, Tiger Woods has been like the cat with nine lives. <laughs> written off, comes back, written off, comes back. Uh, how do you rate this Tiger Woods latest, um, what an unquote, latest comeback? You know, it's interesting you first mentioned the comeback in 2018. Yeah. If you go back to the figures, the ratings, and the viewership figures for the Masters, that's the highest they've had in five years. 2018. 2018. Mm. Highest ratings. I was in the States and I saw I saw it for So you can imagine crazy. the poll. Now for this year, ratings, I mean, viewership increased by 21%. Mm. Within the first two days of play at the Masters, obviously tells you the kind of pool this man has. Everybody was glued to the TV. Even I don't, I don't follow golf, but because of Tiger, you need, you wanted to just know most of us. What was going <laughs> most on. of us became yeah. golf fans because of Tiger, actually. So this guy's pool, the story, the kind of message he sends out, you know, to regular people out there. That look, you know, especially of whatever it is you are going through, especially of what happened to you, you are. It is possible for you to pick up, pick yourself up, and come back. Mm. Now I can imagine the mileage that even with respect to sponsorship figures, revenues that the organizers have gotten. Imagine last year, merchandise figures ended at fifty million dollars. This year is up to sixty nine million dollars. Wow. So, and you, whether and you like, like it or like not, forty percent increase. Whether you like it or not, you have to ascribe that to the, to the tiger, tiger effect, because trust the fact that there was speculation leading to the Masters. Will he play? Will, will he not play? play? Mm. You know, uh, how much of an effect is going to have? How long is going to play for? Will he be able to win? 
will keep the attention of the viewing public. Just look at the crowd alone mm. that attended mm. the Masters this mm. year compared to previous years, you know. And in terms of sponsorship, there was also an increased number of sponsors. Sponsors also probably upped, you know, um, the sponsorship figures. So, the effect of Tiger, it, it, it would be nice to see what happens when he finally life after Tiger hangs these mm. clubs up and see, because I look at the entire golf scene and I don't see anybody mm. that has the personality and the pulling you know, that carriage, that pulling power definitely like Tiger has. Mm. But, um, like I said, I was in the US in 2018 when Tiger ah. pulled off that miraculous figure. You are in the United States now. I'm sure you're, you have seen the buzz in the media. How much of a buzz was this with the American media? Just that fact of him coming back after such a horrific accident and some life-threatening injuries. As usual, there was a Tiger watch. <laughs> You and I know that um, Tiger is like the, like the, is the word prince applicable here? Because King will be too, um, how do I put it? Look, is is the, because of what he has brought to the game and because of the way that his game has changed over the years, Tiger is always a must watch, you know, if you are talking about golf. Um, I know for people who don't follow golf, it might be an insult to, to, to compare to say, hey, think of think of Messi and Ronaldo combined, but that is what it is. So yes, there's always a media buzz, and like Kenny said, viewership went up, and then a lot of new cycle was around how he was performing, and even though he didn't win, the fact that he made the cuts yeah. alone was enough for, um, for it, 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 that was enough. Like you said, look at what he had endured over the past. Yeah, 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 and two months, and see what he did at the, at the Masters. That was that was that was the win for mm. the media, for the fans. That yeah. he made the cuts was enough. That was that's, 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 that is a miracle. That was a fan, and that for us in the media, that that was a story that needed to be told. Um, yeah, I mean, you you look at Tiger Woods, you look at the things that come back from the scandal, uh, the injuries, the and you you. You see that if somebody that has a focus and a single-minded... Before the start of this, there was one interview that was shown of his first attempt at winning the Masters when he won. And, you know, he told... The, the, the interviewer, the, the guy was asking him, what do you think you can achieve here? And I said, I'm here to win. Uh, uh, and the interviewer laughed. Actually laughed at him and looked at this preposterous young man. And eventually he won that year. The confidence, the single-minded determination, the focus. And he's somebody that, you know, has kind of changed the entire reaction of the golf, uh, of the sporting world to golf and kind of brought golf. You know, golf was a bit elitist. Yeah. You have to say, because I mean, for you to belong, even in Nigeria, for you to belong to a golf club, <laughs> you know how much it costs. So we, we can't say it's a bit elitist, it's elitist. Mm -hmm. But how has he been able to transform golf into more or less a mainstream sport that so many people have discovered, uh, developed interest in. Is it just by the power of him being uh, black, we have to say it, or is it just a force of his personality? The force of his personality is his race. 
Because, mm. like it or not, prior to <laughs> Tiger, I'm not sure there are many black men that are playing golf, professional at golf that at that level. You know. Um, his presence and his achievement also made the game attractive to people within the lower reaches. So you're talking middle class, lower middle class, you know. Also, you know, wanting to be a part of the sport, wanting to embrace the sport as a a a, a, a means of livelihood. In fact, you also have people within the sport who would unlikely not go to you know um, disadvantaged areas mm. to look for talent, golfing talent. Because of Tiger, they would then start scouting those areas. Hoping that, that they, they will find the next tiger, tiger, yeah, you know. So you 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 can't take away the fact that his performance and his legacy has led to golf reaching out to demographics that ordinarily they, would they have wouldn't even to, they wouldn't mm. have touched. Yes, you want to say people like Vijay Singh came after who's mm. from white. Uh, uh, I think he's from Fiji, yeah, you know. But he didn't have as much global effect as Tiger did. And Tiger became someone that a major brand, despite a a controversy, stood by, and that's Nike. Nike stood by him. That look, whatever happens, we will be with you. And forget whether hypocritical or whatever that you know, whatever happened with him and how people reacted, him being able to lift himself up and come back to be in. Everybody's conversation, to be in the conversation, to be in contention is a great story for the future and a lot that a lot of sports people can learn from. I, I wonder who plays biopic, mm. who played the role of Tiger in biopic, mm. because like it or not, it's going to be in the works and it oh, will yes. happen because it's achieved so much for the, uh, for the sport of golf. But when you talk about achievers like Tiger with what he's did in golf, you go back to throw back to the likes of Muhammad Ali, who also I think made boxing more mainstream than it previously was. Personalities like this, um, they change their sports forever. Just like Muhammad Ali changed boxing forever, Tiger Woods changed uh, the sport of golf forever. What do you see as the lasting legacies of a post? Tiger Woods golfing world. I, I think it, it, it's got to be. It's got to be uh, what, what Jenny said. The fact that um, the, the the horizon of the game has been expanded. Um, games that look it's the same thing that Chris Hamilton has done for 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 yeah, for Formula One. One. Yeah. When you see when you see um, uh, uh, black people. As it were, um, uh, stepping into race, into sports that um, that are, that seems to be restricted, and then being exceptionally exceptionally good at good at it, it opens doors. Uh, because now forever now you can't say hey, it's not done. You know the same way that Larry Bird. But you know usually in basketball they say hey, white men can't jump. Yeah, and then Larry Bird came and we saw how well white men can jump. It, it, I think it goes both ways. The same way that um, uh, that that um, uh, certain um, Caucasians have opened the door to other people, it, it just makes people dream. It's as simple as that. 
You see those that are crazy people saying, hey, no, you don't belong here. And if someone goes and shows that, you know what, I, I not only be, I not, I not only be, belong here, I can rule here. That opens a whole new doors, opens a whole new perspective, and makes it even more exciting. And I think that's what the likes of Ali, uh, Hamilton, and Woods, I think that, that's what they have done. Okay, Yemi, as we round up now, um, for how long do you think this gentleman can go on for? Uh, he's come back so many times from a loss of, from a scandal, a huge loss of form, and now from what was a horrific, life-threatening uh, situation. Of course, he has already said that he's going to play at the Open in St. Andrews and all of that. So, what, how long, for what, how much longer? You know, well, golf, you can play golf, golf you know, late, yeah. but for how much longer can he be really, really competitive? At this level, if he stays healthy, if he stays healthy, doesn't have any other issues. I, I think he can still have Tiger for another five years mm. because it's golf. It doesn't, um, and this is me being with all due respect. So this is massive. I'm belittling the physical exertions mm. that come with playing golf, but I think we can still have Tiger for another. Do five you years. and do you feel that the, the, the sport itself would want to have him for as long? Of course, because of this. A tiger effect. Of course, without a doubt. There's no, nobody commands the numbers that Tiger has. So, mm. um, they've tried other people. Yeah. They, they just don't have the charisma and the pulling power that Tiger has. Only Tiger has the tiger effect. Uh, on that note, we the, yeah. Sorry, buddy, quickly. Sorry. The, yeah. The, I, I think uh, for golf, golf needs Tiger to win one more major. Um, unfortunately, but unfortunately, the man has to, he's had to change his game several times. Hmm. You know, he changed his game before the accident. Now he's had to change his game again. Again. And I think that should mean that he will need a bit more time to win a championship. But I do feel that golf needs Tiger to, to win one more major so that they can make more out of him. It's as simple as that. And if you know, um, I think the whole world has learned a lesson never to write off Tiger Woods. It might feel far-fetched that he can't win a major, but now from where we're sitting, you write down the tiger at your own peril. Uh, that's our podcast for the week. Let, let's just tell you that you can send in your questions. Go to our social media handles, uh, Sports360, pod underscore on Twitter, and Sports360 pod Instagram, and you'll find a link there where you can send your questions to us. For the next two, three weeks, you can send questions either body myself or Yemi. It might be a collective question for all of us. It might be personal questions. I mean, personal, no, not personal, professional questions. Sports-related <laughs> questions. Sports-related questions. Don't ask me how tall body is or how big Yemi's tummy <laughs> is. You know, we don't know how many gray hairs I have on my head. We don't want to hear all those questions. Just questions relating to sports. Maybe you want to have bodies insight into basketball, Yemi's insight into commercial sports and uh, anything you want to ask from me. On that note, we end Sports Week City Podcast for the week. Many thanks for joining us. 12 noon on Thursday is when you can go and download or subscribe and listen to the podcast. My name is Dave Giamonto in Boyemi and Bori have been my co-host. Thanks for listening. We're signing out.